Thank you for tuning in to the Life of KG podcast. We are all about helping you guys in the beauty industry. Whether you're starting out in this industry or been in the business for years, we want to motivate you, educate you, and support you to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Life of KG. So today on the show, I have Marie Louise. And I first come across Marie Louise in an industry magazine and she was talking about her top tips for selling retail in your business. And as I was reading it, I thought it was extremely interesting. So I thought I would invite her on the show. So today we're going to go over her story, but also her tips on retailing, which I hope you'll find really, really helpful. So without further ado, here she is. So Marie-Louise, thank you so much for coming on the Life of KG and taking some time out your busy, crazy schedule. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. You are so welcome. So let us just dig a little bit deeper onto your background. What made you get into the beauty industry? Uh, it was a complete accident. I wanted to be a religious studies teacher. And obviously this is ever so similar, isn't it? Um, and yeah, I had a Saturday job in a local beauty salon when I was about 14. Mm-hmm. And that was that really. So I worked there, um, used to cover summer holidays and, um, you know, sort of that kind of thing. But then the hours got more and my responsibilities became more. And then I decided when I finished school that actually that's what, that was what I wanted to do. So off I went to college. Wow. And did you open a salon? Did you do it mobile? Like, what was it after that? Yeah, so I worked in a salon. So I stayed at the salon I'd been working in. Um, and then just before the end of my first year, I think it would have been, I got a job with Clarins. Um, so it was a mixture of doing treatments and sales because I was based in a department store, but we had a studio. So it was a bit of a mixture of kind of treatments and sales. And in those days, you went to college four days a week. They were long days. So the other three days I was working in there. Um, and then when I finished college, carried on working for them. Then I went to work for L'Oreal for a bit. So it was a bit more sales and training than it was as many treatments. Um, and then I opened my first salon. So yeah, I was about 24 by that point, I think. Wow. First, so, yeah. Have you gone on to open more then? So after I had that, I had that for about five years. And then I um, sold it a bit of a change in personal circumstance. Somebody wanted to buy it. I was offered a job working for Gina as a sales and training manager, and actually it was just a good time for me. So sold the salon, went to work for Gino, worked with them for about four or five years, and I loved it because I was traveling. So I had the whole of the South pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going into salons, I was doing sort of repping basically, you know, something about new products and stuff. But because of my area and the proximity to head office, I was doing a lot of training on site as well. Um, and I really enjoyed that mixture and seeing different sort of salon owners. And I still had clients that I used to see of a weekend and things that were clients that I'd had for years. Um, but then it kind of wears a bit thin after a while. I was away from home a lot. And that's fine when you're single. But then you still miss out on things. I was missing out on friends' birthdays and, and you know people organising stuff. And, yeah, it just started to wear a bit thin. So we got kind of taken over. Um, and redundancies were offered and I just thought yeah this is a good time for me to go now so so I now have which I still have that was about 10 years ago I now have um, a studio built in the back of the house which is great 
because, and as much as I toyed with the idea of having another high street salon, I do remember the headaches of staff and the reality of, and certainly through this last pandemic, I don't know how people have done it because whilst it's been a nightmare for me, I then haven't also had the worry of staff and rent and all those other things that still are a factor. Um, so yeah, I go through I go through waves of thinking, oh, maybe I'd like another one. But actually, at this point in my life, with my family, with all the other stuff I do, this works really well for me. Um, so yes, yeah, so and I'm kind of home based, really. Yeah, because when I look at you, your day to day does seem really varied. Like you're saying, oh, I'm home based, but you seem to be on set quite a lot, and obviously. Yeah. Yeah doing yeah. the you work with Dior quite a lot Zara tell us a little bit about that what is your day-to-day -day when it comes to doing behind the scenes stuff so I kind of don't have a regular day that is the same so generally speaking I have set days that I so say work from home but within those days as well as seeing clients I might be teaching because I still teach privately so I might be doing some teaching I might be writing articles for the Guild News or doing webinars or seminars or something like that. But a lot of my time is, is client based. So I kind of have designated days that I work here. Yeah. Having said that. Um, so I kind of whittled that down to four days because it always gave me another two days to do my other stuff. But of course, they never fall on the same days. So I'm often jiggling people around. But a lot of my clients I've had for sort of 20 years or more. So they're quite understanding of the fact that my other kind of work, which is my session manicure work, will come in very last minute. With COVID, we kind of had a little bit more notice because of having to be COVID tested. Mm -hmm. But quite often you can get a phone call. At, I could get a phone call at six o'clock tonight asking me if I could be in London tomorrow. You know, it can be very short notice and it's never the same place. It's never the same job. It's never the same days. It's always something quite different. Um, I do have some designers that I work with quite regularly. So people like Edward Crutchley, I always do his shows and any advertising campaigns. Um, there are magazines that I've worked with quite a lot. I've done Pop Magazine and Harper's Bazaar and various Vogue's and things quite regularly. Um, quite a few Zara advertising campaigns. Um, so yeah, it, it can kind of vary really, but it'll be a mixture of either shows, which hopefully we'll have actual real life shows again in September, but yeah, shows, um, yeah, advertising campaigns, magazine editorials, that kind of thing. And you're the manicurist for all of that, are you? Is that what yeah. you specialise in, nails? Well, accidentally, yes. That was never kind of the plan. Um, about, it was probably not long after my daughter was born, Marion Newman was doing this thing called um, Nails Mastered, where 150 nail technicians were being selected all over the world. And they were, she was going to kind of, it was a sort of mentoring thing um you were kind of set challenges and stuff I can't say it was the greatest experience of my life but it gave me a kick up the bum and I just thought actually yeah I really do want to do more of this um so yeah it kind of happened organically it kind of gave me the confidence then to get in touch with agencies I started assisting manicurists for shows and shoots and then there was an agency that I used to do um I did a bit of assisting work for but then they would start to give me their surplus work so if their manicurists couldn't do the jobs you know and there were extra jobs that had come in they were already busy they would then phone me and then from that that kind of grew and then eventually I got signed by that agency so um yeah so that was yeah that was really good yeah that's really cool well done 
And then I read in your latest article, this is why I got in touch with you, wasn't it? Because you wrote about setting success and yes. you're quite passionate about retail and things like that. And in our industry, therapists struggle to retail, especially in salons. The salon owner might be behind it a little bit, but therapists definitely are. They're like, I can't sell, da, da, da. Why do you think that that is? I think it's a confidence thing. I think when you're at college, there isn't, or certainly when I was at college, there wasn't a big focus on selling. Mm. Quite often when you go and do your specific brand training, so depending on what particular brand you've got in, pardon me, in the salon, you will often then go and do brand training. But again, selling is not, they'll tell you about the products, but there's never a specific half an hour morning day or whatever that is designated entirely to it teaching you how to sell I mean some people can sell quite naturally but a lot of people need help they need to know where to start yeah. and it's a confidence thing if you don't feel confident in doing it you can quite easily shy away from it can't you you know your job is to do the treatment you've done the treatment the client's rebooked great stuff didn't sell or anything oh well never mind you know it's okay she's coming back and and it, I think the focus often is more on filling the column than it is providing a full service and I think if you're not it's not even being salesy. If you're not at least advising the client on what to use at home and what to do at home, you're actually not providing the full service anyway. Because yeah. there's 8,000 odd hours in a, a year. She comes in for a facial once a month. You see her for 12 hours. Well, she's responsible for maintaining, or he, for maintaining their skin for those 8,000 odd hours in between. So if you haven't equipped them with that advice, I mean, they may not buy, but you know, they may have their favourite product. It might be but actually they're not interested in buying anything and they want to continue to use their Nivea or their Simple or for whatever reason. Um, but if you haven't given them that information, they can't make an informed decision. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's definitely doing a disservice to clients mm. not carrying out the whole process, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Because you would give them aftercare, wouldn't you? If you? If client came in for waxing, you'd tell them not to go swimming after or to apply self-tan or not to put any perfume products on, et cetera, et cetera. And it's the same with a facial, for example, you know, oh, because a facial really is the, the area that you've got the biggest retailing opportunity, you know, with a manicure, might be able to sell them cuticle oil, but I think that the less products you recommend or advise, the more chance you've got of a client saying, no, if you recommend one product, they'll easily say no to one. If you recommend several, you might get something from them, you know, but you've got limited retailing opportunities with a lot of treatments, with waxing, with manicures, but with facials, you've got a big scope of opportunity and a good markup. Yeah, that's actually a really good tip about offering more than one product for a service because then it's not as easy for them to say no. Have you got any other tips for people listening to help them with their retail? I've got loads. So, um, <laughs> so basically, when you start off, obviously you, you do your consultation with the client. And, and I know that there might be clients you've been seeing for years and it becomes a bit more conversational or you sort of guess parts or you, you're pushed for time. You know, you the client before has been late. We've had to clean in between, change our PPE, blah, blah, blah. But when you do your consultation, try and be as thorough as you can with your questions and really ask them at that point about their routine as it currently is, their concerns, you know, what they've come in for today. And it might be that actually they're not that concerned. It's just that they like a, a monthly facial. It's a treat or somebody's treated them to it or whatever. Find out about their life, because at the end of the treatment, if your client's got four children and a full time job, 
you bombarding her with eight or nine products she's got to use at home is just not going to go anywhere because she can't slot that into her life. I had a client years ago who would have a bath every morning before she went to work. Now, I don't know about you, I haven't got time to have a bath every morning before I go to work. But she found the time for that, but would not find the time to exfoliate a mask once a week. So in the end, I said to her one day, what do you do when that bath's running? Nothing. I wait for the bath. I said, why do you exfoliate your face? Hmm. Yeah, I could do, I suppose. I said, then you can put your mask on before you get in the bath. Leave it on while you're in the bath. I said, what are you in there for? Five, ten minutes? She said, oh, I try and get 20. So they are then, and then rinse it off. It was about slotting it. She thought she needed extra time to suddenly do these extra tasks. But actually, you know, you can start, I often say to some clients, put your mask on before you put the vacuum around the house or something. You know, it, it, whilst I would like you to just lie there and relax at home, you, the chances are quite slim for a lot of people. So it's about slotting in. So find out as much as you can about their lifestyle and fit it into their lifestyle. Um, don't oversell because as I say if you if you start telling them that they need blah 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 they just think oh my god I can't I can't do that I can't afford all of that I haven't got time for all of that I just won't bother at all um, look for gaps in their routine so if they are currently cleansing and moisturizing but not toning or they haven't got an SPF or something you could always sell to the gaps because and I say this to a lot of clients, which they, I think they quite like, really, because I'm not, I'm not, yes, I want to sell, but I'm not salesy, pushy sales. Um, I'll always say to them, right, what are you running low on? I had a client in last week who was new to having facials. She's had other things with me. And she's got rosacea and she's been using these products and obviously not had a great result. So she had a treatment. I spoke to her about what she needed, but I said to her, look, what are you running low on? Because there isn't any point in being wasteful. If your client has just bought a new cleanser, there's no point in homing in on the cleanser because she doesn't need one. But it might be that she's running low on her moisturiser or she's running low on her mask or maybe she doesn't use a mask. So look at where the gaps are and sell to the gaps. Because then when she starts to run out of the other things, she'll then come in and say, oh, I'm now running low on my cleanser. What cleanser was it that you recommended? Because I've really enjoyed using that mask or night cream or whatever it might be. I would say to always focus on four products because I think, as I said earlier, it becomes a bit overwhelming if you're talking about lots. So look for the gaps of what they've, they're missing, focus on four key products and sell to their needs. So really listen to what they've said to you in the consultation what their concerns are use the same language they've they've used with you you know is she more concerned with dehydration so you can explain how this serum or this night cream or this moisturizer is going to help to rehydrate her skin and it will re release hydration during the day or whatever it is that that product might do to sell to what they they need and what they are concerned with and create an emotional connection because I don't know about you, there are times where I've got into a shop and I've seen a new top or a pair of jeans or something. And I thought, well, they're quite nice. And then I've wandered off, but I'm still half looking just to make sure nobody else picks it up because actually somebody else picks it up. Well, then I really want that now because that was mine, but now somebody else has got it. So try and create an emotional connection. Always give the client the product to hold because it becomes an extension of them. So I would always retail in the treatment room because when you come out of the treatment room, their treatment's finished. 
So in their head, they're thinking about how much time's left on the parking. They've got to pick up a loaf of bread before they go and get little, you know, Johnny from school. They've got to rush around to see their mother. You know, they're thinking of all the other things they've now got to get done because their facial or their massage or whatever part of the day that they're with you, the minute they've left the room, it's over. So when you're in the reception area, it can become a bit noisier. The phones might be ringing. There can be easy distractions. So always do your selling in the treatment room. Talk about the four products that you're recommending because they'll at least probably buy two. As I said earlier, you know, they can say no to one, but you offer them a couple. They won't, they're not going to say no to all of them and give them them to hold on to. You know, this is what I use in your treatment today. This will do X, Y and Z. Let them smell it. Let them put a bit on the back of their hand if they want to. Um, but yeah, they will create more of a connection to it because then it's in their hand. Well, hang on. And then you go to take it. Oh, hang on a minute. I'm still thinking about that. What else is there? Um, so yeah, give them that. Relate it to the problems. If they've got specific concerns or problems, relate it to how it's going to be a solution to that problem because that will help them justify the expense of it more. Because it's all very well me saying, you know, why don't you buy this moisturiser? It's going to feel lovely and it's nice and it's, it smells lovely and isn't it great? Yeah, it's great, but it's £80, Marie-Louise. Do I really need it? Whereas if I tell them that actually this has got stem cells in it, it's got a, an active delivery system that will um, evolve as it goes through the skin and release each layer and layer. I always like the range I use has, has a specific delivery system that in my head looks like an onion. So I was relating quite simple terms. If you cut an onion in half, it would have lots of layers. And so as this product seeps into the skin, each layer is removed. So as it gets to the skin cell and you're going to get more of an effect and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, that way they then go, well, actually, yeah, it's 80 quid, but it's going to sort this out, sort that out, do this, do that. Um, I would never offer samples straight away uh, the, it, like the thing is if you offer the sample they don't just buy it do they so you can by all means offer them samples of the bits they don't buy but see what they're going to buy first they might buy all four in which case you could give them an extra sample of a cleanser or something that you haven't recommended to them because you know they've already got a full cleanser um but yeah always do your selling first before you offer the samples if you can do, if you've got a prescription pad um, or some means of writing it down for the client or one of the booklets that maybe the manufacturers have, um, have come up with, you could always write in the book or put an asterisk next to the products that you specifically recommend for them. So they can have a little look at that when they go home. They'll keep that. I, when I worked for Clarence, I had a lady who literally followed me. I've worked in a couple of different stores and she followed me from store to store with this dog-eared piece of paper of a prescription that I did for goodness knows how many years before but she'd kept it like a bible and every time she needed something new she'd refer back to this prescription and then she'd come in and buy something else and so yeah all right you know it was a bit of a drip feed the sales were it was no one big sale it was bits here and there but she she you know she kept it so always write it down give them something they can take home so they can look at it they can read about it I know it's difficult these days with the internet because yeah. I, I had this a couple of weeks ago with a client who thankfully I mean she's been coming to me for years so she told me but 
so the brand I use do sell online. Most brands do. You can probably buy it on eBay and Amazon like you can everything else. And obviously it's cheaper. The problem is, and I had this with another client, she, um, for, for wanting to save, you know, sort of 30 or 40 pounds, bought a serum off a website nobody had ever heard of. And it was a counterfeit product. And so I've tried to re-educate them all on counterfeit products, but you will have most brands that we all stock now will sell themselves online. So I think it's hard, you know, you do the hard work, you do the treatment, you do the, the prescription, the recommendations, you give the client the information, they go home, they Google it, and then they order it from somebody else. And that's really disheartening and really frustrating because you've done all the work. And one of my clients came in the other week and had gone onto the website of the brand that I use and said to me, do you know that they're doing this package of, I think it's like a cleanser, a serum and an SPF, which was dramatically cheaper than I could do it for. It, it wasn't less than my cost price, but it was dramatically cheaper, plus another 10% off if you were new to the website. Now, that other 10% would have taken me below my cost price. And at the moment, I'm just of the attitude that we've had eight months out of 12 some longer but I'm like I've had eight months out of 12 where I've been shut down and I need that client loyalty I need to maintain I need them to buy from me you know so I said to her well look I said let me get in touch with them and see if they're offering the same deal to salons and uh, she yeah I haven't ordered it yet so I thought I'd let you know she because I'd rather buy it from you and I said well I appreciate that thank you so I contacted them no they weren't doing the same deal for salons so I worked it out and I messaged her and I said look I said, they're not doing the same deal for me, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do that price for you. Because I just thought, well, that product could be sat on the shelf for ages. Yeah. I've not made, I've made a couple of quid out of it. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't much, but I'd rather her loyalty and her, she will then remember, oh, you know, she was really good to me over that. Then, and since, you know, she's bought several other products, she's booked a course of treatment. And so it is difficult and you will come across the internet. And I think... We can't police it. We can't do anything about it. So you either have to match it if it's not too ridiculous or you have to maybe do. So I do a lot of treatment course combinations that include product. Mm. Um, so rather than giving a discount on the treatments, I give the product in place of the discount. So they, they, they're getting something completely for free that often works out cheaper than me discounting the treatment for me and then it gets them using the product and then they repeat buy from me so i think there's there's ways of tackling and beating the internet because it isn't going to go anywhere and yeah. people are always going to look on it aren't they definitely and it's a really really good way of adding value the way that you do it i think people are very very quick to discount and actually when you work out how much money you've not taken because you've discounted all of these services like you said if you just add that product in if that client's never brought a product from you before and now they're getting this free product i guarantee next time they'll mostly buy something again from you because they'll give they trust you even more to use a product that yep. they're home with so now they're going to trust you again when it comes to retail ongoing and they're going to use it because you've given it to them. It's, you know, what, they've got nothing to lose. It was free. So they're going to use it anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I always look at rather than generally speaking, I won't discount anything. I'll add value to it. So if I've got a bit of a gap in the week, I might say um, you could have um, an added exfoliation and back mask if you have a back massage. 
which is costing me pennies, but I'm not, it's not really taking me dramatically more time. It's a good markup on massage anyway. The client's getting more for their money, but I'm not underselling myself. I'm still earning the same, you know? So yeah, I think upselling and adding value is always better than discounting. There was a girl on a Facebook page the other day saying that um, she charges £10 for a gel manicure and she charges, you know, uh, £8 for this. And I read it and she said, I don't really know whether I should put my prices up. And I don't normally comment on these things. And I said to her, you're not even earning a salary. You're not, you know, you're not, you're not earning even the living wage. How did you work out your prices? Well, I just thought I should be cheap, she said, because I've only just started. But if you start that cheap, where, where do you go? You, you know how you so hard, and you're only gonna. God forgive me, but you are only gonna attract a certain kind of client, aren't you? A hundred million percent. As soon as you so, start discounting low low prices, you will attract that certain type of client, which is okay if that's your target audience. But also, when it comes to that certain type of client, comes problems. Normally, when you do do heavy discounts in the salon, um, and you or a new staff member, we've just had an apprentice on board. And so at the moment we're doing obviously cheaper services because she's an apprentice. So I pre-warned her and said, you will have a certain clientele that come to you for these services because they're cheap. So she loved that she was busy. So I said, you love that you're busy, but what will happen is when we slowly raise the prices, because we will, because we don't do discounts at KG Salon ever, these clients will start to go and you won't be as busy. So we need to try and tie them in somehow to stay with you, but you will lose a lot of them because they want the discounts. But a lot of the time with the discount clients also come problems because they're expecting so much yeah. for the price that they're paying. So that's more than likely to get complaints with the ones that are discounted. If you put an offer out in a salon, you'll mostly find you will get more dis more, more um, bad reviews. You'll normally get more people complaining, expecting more for nothing. Whereas when things are full price and a good price, believe it or not, that's when you get your five-star reviews. That's when people see yeah. how much it was worth to have that treatment. So it is so much better to add the value than to discount and attract in that wrong clientele. I mean, I probably work less hours at this point now than I ever have. I earn more money. Exactly. Exactly. Because when you, you talk to new people in industry or those that aren't minded like that, they can't see it yet. Yeah. <laughs> they will see that they're just busy and they keep taking £10 an hour or £15 an hour or whatever that is. But I'm like, but if you price £50 for that set, you would have you would have only have had to do that one client for instead of the five clients yeah like it's all about working smarter and not harder exactly and the thing is you get to a point where there's only so many hours in the day there's only so many hours that you perhaps can work or want to work so retailing is a very easy way to make extra money at the end of your working day without physically working any more hours you know, it, we've got a, a very labor intensive job you know it's hard work it's hard work on our bodies so there are only so many hours that you're going to work within a week or a day or whatever so but if you need to earn more money that's how you earn more money is by selling more product because you'll generally get something between a 40 and 50 percent markup on a product so it's quite an easy way you know if with if you imagine that you had a day like today i've got three facials in so if i just sold 
three SPFs with that, for example, that's going to be another £160 on my day without me working a minute longer. Yeah. I always say it's free money. Okay, you've had to buy that product. Yeah. Up, it's free money. It's add-on money that you wouldn't have been earning anyway. Yeah. Like, and it's just, all it's doing is recommending a product that your client needs anyway. And if they buy it from you, they'll go and buy it from somewhere else. Well, and this is the thing, isn't it? You know, the client, they're buying something. If they're coming in, I mean, my cheapest facial is £82. If a client's coming in for a facial at £82, you would like to think that they are invested in their skin. They are buying skincare from somewhere. Whether they're buying it from a department store or online, they're buying it from somewhere. So why not buy it from you? Definitely. Definitely. Because you something. Mm. And there are always going to be the clients, of course, that are... Oh, it's really expensive. Or oh, I, you know, I can't afford that. So, like the SPF I've got is is over fifty pounds, fifty three pounds, and that's a lot of money for an SPF when you can go into Boots and buy Soltan for probably eight or ten pounds. But then, when I explain the difference with the client in between those two sun creams and the difference in how long they last, so if I was just using on my face, that would last me six months. I said, would your Soltan last you that long? No. Right, so there's the first thing. So you're going to buy more of that one or any other cheaper brand. I'm not just picking on Soltan, but, you know, um, yeah, you're going to buy more of that one. So probably over, over time, the cost is going to become similar. But actually, focus then on the added benefit. So the added benefit of this is that it's mineral and it's chemical. It's got blue light protection. It's got this. It's got that. It's your moisturizer. It's anti-aging. It's going to help with pigmentation. You know, and all those other things that go with it. Um, and then suddenly that you know does, does that product do that no okay so it starts to justify the price then and the price difference but that isn't me being salesy that's me just educating it's just about informing the client and equally the client should around and say well no thanks I don't want one not a problem yeah. but you can't make that decision until I've told you what the difference is or, or why you need it yeah, it does all come down to education, every single book. Mm. Even like you said about worry, a lot of therapists worried that they're going to buy online. Well, a lot of clients don't actually know what they're buying online. No. It's just coming down to education all of the time and following yeah. the consultation process and aftercare. And I often find, she's only five, my daughter, but I often find if I get her involved, so on Saturday she did a little Facebook Live out in the back garden telling people waving the sun cream about how you've got to put your sun cream on and all this kind of thing they loved it they absolutely loved it well you're right you know if, if she's only five and if she can put it on I've got no excuse have I no you haven't you know but but yeah make it fun um I would do and Facebook and social media is, is also great for that kind of thing because actually you could do quite salesy I would always do it as a Facebook live or something like that um but you could do quite informative and salesy things about products so you're not actually selling to one person you're just generally educating everybody and it's a bit like chucking a net out to sea isn't it you know you throw the net out you're going to get a fish or more in it aren't you do you know what I mean it, it, it then plants the seed in people's heads and then they think oh and then when they come in next they say oh I watched you on that Facebook live and you were talking about this product it sounded really good you know it's it's that kind of thing isn't it and also so he's remembering not to just sell to the client so like you might have a client in for a manicure and as I said earlier you you've got limited retailing options with a manicure cuticle oil maybe a removal kit if you know they're not going to come back in to have their gel removed but your options are going to be more limited 
But then equally, I remember a lady saying to me probably 20 years ago, and she was American, and she went, but gee, she's got a face, hasn't she? What's she using on her face? And I just thought, yeah, she's right, actually. She's coming in to me for a manicure, but yeah, she has got a face, the same way she's got feet. Do you know what I mean? What, what are they using elsewhere? They're more than likely to trust you as their therapist than anyone else anyway. Yeah. So definitely. I absolutely love that. Thanks, Marie. <laughs> I reckon we could go on a rant on this for ages. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started. I'm good at ranting. <laughs> but also we're going just quickly back to obviously you said about education and going live and putting things online if you're putting yourself out there as an expert and you're educating people naturally they will come to you for advice naturally they'll come to you to buy that product because they're seeing you as the professional and as the expert that knows what's best for their skin or their hair or the nails or whatever that might be so doing them small lives which I know takes people out their comfort zone but doing them small lives or doing a post on products and what the benefits are will help you in the long term if you carry on doing that on social media as well just so you can set yourself apart from everyone else Absolutely. And if you speak to your, um, I mean, generally, you'll have your manual, won't you, from when you did your training. So if you're a bit, you know, if you're not great with words and you just think, oh, I don't know how to word it and what, how to put what this does without kind of you being quite basic about it, you could always obviously refer back to your original manual. But I'm sure if you spoke to any of your reps or the head office of, of the brands you've got and just said, look, I want to do a couple of Facebook posts really want to focus on this product or that product can you give me some pointers I'm sure they're more than happy to help because actually the more you sell the more you buy from them it benefits everybody exactly. so yeah always ask your rep or, or somebody at the company if they'll just help you um, put together some things some some images because they'll have professional images of the products so rather than you just taking a bit of a picture on your phone I mean I think pictures in your treatment room and things look lovely um, but if you're worried about, oh, does it look right? And is it very professional? Ask the brand. They'll have proper, you know, sort of photography of their products, maybe with a model, maybe without a model, you know, um, that you could then use to put with your posts. Because I think if you're going to do it as posts on Facebook, you need a picture and you need the writing. Because the picture often will attract the client's attention in the first place. And then they think, oh, what's this? And then they'll start reading. You don't want to make it too overwhelming. I put it in bullet points. You know, rather than paragraphs and paragraphs, I would just put it into bullet points. This is what this does. Maybe start it with a, you know, are you suffering with pigmentation, fine lines or wrinkles, whatever it might be. This is the answer for you. Name the product and then this is going to do bang, 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 bang. And kind of do it that way. Yeah, that's a really, really good tip. Really good tip. But if you, if you are brave enough to do a Facebook Live, I would definitely do a Facebook Live. Do you know what? As much as what I do, podcasts, I will go live with someone else, but I still have not gone live on my own. Everyone's like, really? I, honestly, how pathetic is that? <laughs> I did loads during lockdown. The first lockdown, I think I did one every night. Really? Yeah, just by way of trying to keep in touch with people. Mm. And then by the time, and then we came back to work, and so then I said, oh, I'll do one every Sunday. Um, and that's carried on up until probably about the last three weeks when I've just been busy with other stuff. And I'll say to clients, you know, let me know if there's anything in particular you want me to talk about. Sometimes I've like if I've give, been giving myself a facial peel, I'll just do that as my Facebook Live and demonstrate it on the, the Facebook page, you know. And it's interesting how many people have been in who have other things who have now since booked 
a facial peel or whatever it was that I demonstrated that they'd not had before or bought a product. Well, you were talking about that the other day. I'd really like to try it. Um, because often they come in, you know, and like I say, you know, the client might come in for a manicure or a pedicure, but be really interested in particular skincare that you've got. But because you're doing that service and you're talking to her about a day or a week or a holiday or whatever's happened, the opportunity often doesn't feel like it naturally arises for you to then talk to her about a product for something else. Mm. So, yeah, I would always have maybe even have a product of the month and do a Facebook live once a month about this is our product of the month might be related to the season or it might be related to something that you've noticed like since since people have either had covid or the vaccine there have been a lot of changes in people's skin and so on so it might be more related to that we've noticed a new trend of such and such yeah make it quite you can make it quite generic can't you to to, to everybody yeah, rather definitely. than feeling like you're selling to one definitely well marie louise you have given loads of tips. I'm sure that's going to give people loads of food for four and how they're going to move forward in their salons. So thank you very much for that. Where, very can, well. where can people um, find you and connect with you? Uh, so I'm on Facebook. Um, the salon is all about me, the Misfa MI. I'm on Instagram. I generally use my MLC nail artist one on Instagram, I'll be honest, which is like my portfolio of um, all the nail work and stuff that I do at various shows and shoots and magazines and things. Um, I'm on Facebook as Mary Louise Coster, if anybody wants to connect with me personally. Um, yeah, I think that's probably it. That's enough social media for me, I think. Oh, God, isn't it? It's just so overwhelming. And it's another job to keep up with, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I understand why companies have complete departments just to do their social media. 100%, 100%. We're in the middle of doing that, so definitely. Oh, are you? Yeah, definitely. Oh, thank you so much for coming on today, giving up your time, because I know you're super busy, and we really appreciate you just giving us all your tips for retailing. Thanks for having me. If anybody's got any questions, obviously, you know, just find me and, and shout, and I'll happily help. Perfect. If you love this episode, please share and tag us on social media at KG Salon. I always follow them. I always follow them. If you're a salon owner and would like to join our membership program, coffee, cake, and chat, get in touch for a space. Be around a like-minded tribe. Have 400 pounds worth of mentoring a month and push yourself to the next level. I love being a part of such a great community. Until next time, have an amazing, successful week.